It's time for Real Talk with Brian and Dan, the weekly talk radio show dedicated to discussing important real estate topics, plus insight into the local community. With a combined experience of over 50 years as local real estate brokers from the Eastside Real Estate Team at Keller Williams Realty Bellevue. Here's your hosts, Brian Levitt and Dan Edwards. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. It is Wednesday, August 14th, 2019. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for being a listener. Now, if you'd like to listen to any of our past podcasts, you can listen or radio shows. You can listen to them anywhere podcasts are found. Just Google Real Talk with Brian and Dan and you will find us. And we hope you subscribe and you enjoy our great information. Brian, we got another great show today. Very excited to talk to our two guests, Paul LaRose with Olive Crest and Crystal Stevenson from Diamond Cut Insurance. But before we get to our guests, as you know, it's time for some real talk. Last week, we talked about three questions you need to ask yourself before buying a home. Mm -hmm. This week, we're going to give you five tips. That's right, five (laughs) on starting the search for your dream home. It can often be frustrating to be a first-time home buyer if you aren't prepared. Today, we will highlight some steps that first-time home buyers can take to help carry their excitement of buying a home throughout the whole process. I like how they say that, excitement, right? Excitement. <laughs> it's nervous, It is right? exciting. It yeah. is, absolutely. One way uh, that you can show you're serious about buying a dream home is to get pre-qualified, but really to get pre-approved. Better yet, pre-approved. Yeah, yep. for a mortgage before you start your search. Even in a market that is not as competitive, Understanding your budget is why you get pre-approved, not just to be prepared, but to right. understand how much you can spend because you then then will have then, 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 okay, I, just saying, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have the confidence of knowing whether or not the dream home is uh, where you qualify. This step will help you narrow the search based on your budget and it won't leave you disappointed. So get your home tour. You know, how many times has that happened with us? Probably yep. not that often. But a lot of times people lead their home search by searching at homes, looking at wonderful homes, right. and then they get ready to go get pre-approved. Turns out they can't they're quite crushed. afford. Yeah. They can't get what they want. Yeah, it's right. tough. So yep. definitely start your home buying process by getting pre-approved. Yep. Another tip we have is to know the difference between your must-haves and your want-to-haves. Um, do you really need that that uh, farmhouse sink and kitchen? I needed kitchen? the farmhouse I know. Sink. Yeah. I know the whole story <laughs> on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so sitting down and writing a list of you know what I call the wanna-haves and the gotta-haves, and the gotta-haves are non-negotiables. I mean, example is a uh, you know three-bedroom. We're not going to look at two bedrooms; they don't work. You know? Right. But uh, um, another big aspect of that is recognizing the difference between what you can change and what you can't. Right. Because you know, example, if the farmhouse sink is a gotta-have, oh, we can put one in. Yeah. Well, and that's a key so. point too. Is when you look at the make or break, the wants or needs. I always insist that that um, husband and wife or Mr. and Mrs. or partner and partner sit down and fill out their forms right. separately, not together, yeah. but separately. And then you take that form and you look at the must-haves and see where's the overlap and then where's the marriage counseling mm-hmm. have to start. Well, you know, one of the exercises that we'll do sometimes is I call it the M&M game. We take in uh, those lists and oh, then I yeah. give them a fixed number of M&Ms that is less than the total amount needed to get everything they want. Yep. And they place the M&Ms where they want them. And the good news is when you're done, you get to eat the I was going to uh, say, I never get to the, the end because I eat yeah. the but, uh, M&Ms. It's a budgeting exercise you know, to really say, okay, what are the priorities? Yeah. So. Bedrooms, bathrooms. And also, too, 
whenever I talk to folks, they'll say, oh, I want a big yard. Well, what's right. your definition of a big yard? Yeah. Because my definition of big yard may be six acres. Your definition of a big yard may be 7,500 know, yeah, square, square feet. feet. Yeah. You know, it depends on where you came from. Yeah. So another important uh, tip in getting ready is to research the neighborhood you're looking right. for. Um, I got to say, I didn't do this on my own. Uh, for for when we ended up purchasing our home, but I got to say we we couldn't have been we couldn't have researched better. Thanks to friends who did the research before we did. Mm-hmm. We're in the southwest corner of the the Sammamish uh, city of Sammamish Sammamish right. Plateau, and it's easy on and off. And as the growth of the city has gotten you know caused a lot of people uproar over traffic, we're on and off pretty right. easy. So research the area, test drive, test drive, go there early deal. in the morning. Yep. Yeah. So I mentioned in a previous show, some of the tools we have now that we didn't have years ago, including drive time calculators where oh, yeah. you can say, okay, where do you work? Where do you want to live? And how many minutes do you want that drive to be? Which opens up uh, whole different possibilities in terms of neighborhoods. Uh, but I'm finding, especially with my millennial buyers, uh, they're using drive time calculations to yep. pick neighborhoods. Yeah. Cause so. uh, what the old adage is time is money. Um, and so you can't get that time back. And right. and a lot of people will say, well, okay, they're coming from, say, Southern California, where it's absolutely <laughs> positively got to be under 45 minutes one way. Right. Like that, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I remember, that's uh, a lot of places. You know, I'll get a two-hour commute now. This is uh, San Jose. Uh, I'm moving up from San Jose. Yeah. Two-hour commute. I'd like to keep it an hour and a half. Oh, so Eastern Washington works for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, you can commute yeah. from Cleelum yeah, for that, right? That's right. Oh, geez. Right. So another tip we have uh, is to pick a house style you love and stick to it. Evaluate your family's needs and settle on a style of home that would best serve those needs. Just because you've narrowed your search to a zip code doesn't mean you need to tour every listing in that zip code. An example from a Realtor.com article says, if you have several younger kids and don't want your bedroom on a different level, steer clear of Cape Cod style homes which typically feature two or more bedrooms on the upper level and a master on the main. Oh, interesting. So age of your family can make a big difference. I have some families that, I mean, a, a split level on the east side, There's there were a ton of split levels. Tons. Built in the 70s, mm-hmm. um, you know, late 60s, early 70s was the premier time. It's the most house for the money, but the plan doesn't work for everybody. Right. You know, but it's the biggest bang for the buck and a really easy structure to maintain. I had a buyer say, I don't want to see any split levels. So we actually had to eliminate them from our search. Right. Because I, I asked him, I said, why? I don't understand. I mean, yeah. I want you to you know, buy what you want to buy, but I don't understand. He said, I don't like walking in and then having to decide something. Walking on something. the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, decide that's right. that's Do I right. go up or down? Yeah. So The most common plan is a two-story, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. that's partially because that's where the profit line is for the builders. They, get, uh, they make more money on that uh, floor plan. Well, the last one is it's very important to document your home visits. Uh, a lot of times you can get out there and see a lot of different homes. And you kind of forget they blend together. So you should just take a checklist, take a uh, clipboard, clipboard with you, and write some notes. And I always encourage my my buyers to rate them on a scale of one to ten as we go throughout yeah. the tour. So I I think they take photos of things that you think are important. In a high paced competitive environment, any advantage you can give yourself will help you on the path of buying your dream home. Contact us today if you're looking for more information on finding the home that is perfect for you. We'll oh. be right back after the break. Yeah, great, great real talk segment. Yeah, that was fun. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The East Side Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. 
With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093. Or check out our website at the eastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk AM 1150. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. It's now time for our very popular Mortgage Moment segment. During this segment, we get a quick update on the lending side of the home buying process. Today, we're talking again with Michael Burdick, our loan consultant with Loan Depot. And as you know, Michael has spent the last 10 years serving borrowers at a very high level. Today, we will be talking about quotes and how a consumer knows if they are getting a good deal. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing good. It's a beautiful day. Hey, um, absolutely. Um, what should a consumer compare on their quotes between lenders? Let's say they're shopping you against somebody else. What? Uh, give us some coaching on what they should look at. So, you know, and in, in, in our industry, it's, it's always good to shop around, make sure you're getting a good deal. And I always talk to people and say, you know, my, the first one you've looked at, have you gone to your bank? Um, and... It's my job just to kind of help them figure out what they're comparing because a mortgage quote can be a little overwhelming because there's a lot on it, but really there's a specific few areas that you want to be comparing, and that's the company's fees, so what are their lender fees, and then that goes into into the origination, and then the interest rate you're getting and what you're paying for that rate. So there's a section that we can review that information. The other stuff on there is going to be the same no matter what company you choose, whether it's me, mm. credit union, a bank, because those are taxes, third-party fees. So, so if we go back, help, sorry, yeah. Michael, if we go back to that, you said the company fee or lender fee or um, points. Are they all the Correct. same or are these all different? So those those can be fluctuate a little bit, um, and as the biggest one are, are the points and the, the cost you're paying for that rate. So that depends on everyone's personal situation. You know, if they're thinking they want to live in this house for 30 years, they might want to pay some points. But then you're going to want to make sure that, you know, the lender you're comparing against isn't charging you more points for a particular rate and that you're getting a good deal on that. Yeah, because my understanding is you, all the banks are getting their money from the same place. So you're really competing on those other fees, if I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly. That's a portion of it, but then you gotta you gotta look at you know there's lots of ways that companies cut overhead and and you know just cut expenses. So a guy that's across the country in a call center that does 30 loans per month that works you know nine to five in a different time zone, he might be able to give me a give a better rate than I can give. Uh, but they're gonna have a different experience working with different like service that. level. Yeah. So along the lines exactly. of of the different um, different parts, you mentioned that being that local um, in that proposition, that's part of your value proposition. Kind of unpack that again. It is. And I just mentioned, you know, got into that a little bit, but, you know, I, I get lots of clients that, you know, everybody has their iPhone or their, their smartphone and they, they can be on the internet at any time and they'll see teaser rates online and, 
and things like that, or you know, hear it on the radio or, or anything, you know, like we're on the radio right now. But right. Um, <laughs> but a lot of those are teaser rates, and it, it companies put those out there just so their phone starts ringing, and then just a select few people are going to qualify for that. So it's so, my job yeah. just to kind of unfold that and, and explain, you know, the value of going with somebody local and, and getting the job done quickly, smoothly, as, as painless as possible. You know, especially in buying a home, it can be stressful for people. So, you know, if they're working with a lender that their realtor has no relationship with, that they haven't right. vetted, that they're just chasing that good rate, it, it could go backwards on them real right. quick. Interesting. So let me let me go back to our first one because we talked about points and rate, right? That's generally where all the money moves around between lender to lender is between points and rates. But I've seen quotes handed to people with artificially low title, escrow, and doc fees. And I think that it's important as a consumer when you're when you're reviewing and comparing that you almost omit those things because those things are going to be static based they're on third your party fees. Yeah, they're right. they're not the lender fees. So I just wanted to highlight that that we were talking about how do you compare? Well, you, there are items that one uh, one lender may put in front of you a uh, $400 escrow fee versus a $1,000 escrow fee. Well, that escrow fee is going to be your cost no matter what, so you should omit those in your comparison. Would you agree? Absolutely. That's Le- a leading the good witness. point. And appraisal is <laughs> another one, you know. Just, just like that, right. you know, I've seen lenders in other markets that are in a different state that can get away with charging a $400 appraisal. But if you tried to put that in front of a, an appraiser in King County right now, mm-hmm. they're not going to accept it. Hmm. So, you know, there are, are the fees to review and the other ones you're going to know that they're going to be the same no matter what company you go. There we go. Um, yeah. So Michael, uh, we got to wrap up. Really appreciate you being here. How do our listeners uh, reach you? So I'm local in Bellevue. You can find me online. Just Google Michael Burdick with Loan Depot and, uh, my number is 206-661-2289, and I'd love to hear from anybody out there. Excellent. After our break, we'll be talking to our guest for the week. First up will be Paul LaRose with Olive Crest, who will be giving us insight on the foster care crisis. Join us right after the break. And, Michael, once again, thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, guys. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at the Eastside Real Estate Team.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back. You are listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. And our guest today is Paul LaRose with Olive Crest. 
Now, um, I'm really excited about this segment because we wanted, when we started this show, we wanted to highlight not only businesses and, and service providers in our community, but charities, local charities. So I'm very excited to have Paul, who is the executive director at Olive Crest, a local foster air agency aiming at breaking the cycle of child abuse and neglect right here in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome to the show, Paul. Oh, thank you. So um, we like to get it personal to begin with, not like super personal, but just like personal. Like, tell us about yourself. Tell us what are your hobbies? Do you have a family? What are you up to in this uh, beautiful August, right? Yeah, what do you do when you're not doing Olive Crest? Right. Uh, When I'm not doing Olive Crest, uh, the family likes to go camping. My wife and I, uh, her name is Farrah, we have three children. uh, Awesome. 12-year-old boy, 10-year-old boy, and a three-year-old girl. And uh, camping and exploring the outdoors is a where. Lot of fun. Uh, where do you like to camp? Uh, we like to camp all on the peninsula. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. You like the rainforest? Like the rainforest. All right. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Cool. My daughter is getting ready to head out for college and such, and she's like, "Wait, I've never been to the rainforest. I got to go to the rainforest." <laughs> okay, whatever. But it's beautiful. It is it's gorgeous. Oh. So we like to add, ask each guest to share with us a fond memory of the home you grew up in. All right. Well, the home I grew up in. So I grew up mostly in South Bend, Washington. And I remember the first time my parents took me to, took us kids to the house, I thought, this is a crazy house because it, <laughs> it was a little dilapidated. It wasn't like your dream house or anything, but it was really big, had stairs in it and a big yard. So we were very excited to be able to move into the home. Where's South Bend? Why don't I know? I know the name. Opposite of North Bend. No, it's not. It's on <laughs> Highway 101, south of Aberdeen. Rain oh, it's oh okay. Mm-hmm. So huh. pretty far south. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So tell us a little bit about the uh, state of Washington State foster care and the crisis going on. Yeah, we, we are absolutely in a crisis. We actually have over 9,000 kids in foster care right now. Oh, wow. And we have a shortage of homes. So all of Crest and other agencies were really uh, making a, a strong effort to recruit new foster families. Hmm. So um, why are there so many kids in foster care? Uh, that's a, it's actually a pretty complex question is or it? answer. Okay. Um, but for the most part, neglect is a big reason. Hmm. Um, a lot of times uh, we find that kids are in a situation where there's just not enough food, there's food insecurity or not stable housing. Sometimes there's abuse. There's, there's all types of reasons that kids are in foster care. Um, and we try to serve them all, of course. So how did you uh, decide to get involved with Olive Crest? I'm really glad you asked that question because being a a real estate uh, radio show, my wife and I back in 2000, year 2000, we were newly wed (laughs) and uh, we bought a house uh, in Dallas, in the suburb of Dallas. And we were able to see that it was a little bit too big for us. We had three bedrooms and they were empty and we weren't looking to start our own family at first. And so a friend of ours mentioned doing respite care, which just means that you help out foster families. So you go through the licensing process. You've got extra bedrooms, extra beds. And when a foster family needs a break, they come over, stay the night or the weekend. You take care of them, uh, have a good time. The foster family gets some reprieve. You send them back. It's all good. Um, but we actually got into full-blown foster care. And for about four years, we took care of um, 18, 18 wow. kids during that time. Wow. wow. So something that... Just kind of started out as a an idea because you're like, hey, we've got this space and yeah. and then turns into a love of mm. it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So a lot of families would, would like to do this. Yeah. Um, they're reluctant to. Um, what would you say to them considering well, it? Yeah. You know, it, it can be scary because you're, you're, at, you're allowing somebody to come into your home and evaluate your bedroom space and, and what you have available in your house. And you've got this potential kid that's coming in. You, you've never met them before. You mm-hmm. don't know what you're getting. So there's, there's a lot of intimidating factors. However, 
Um, with all of Crest, our, our agency, we do a lot of background work and leg work, making sure that we introduce uh, our potential families to the idea of fostering, what age group, uh, what fits best for their current family, hmm. and allowing them to ask a number of questions to eliminate some of those those fears and interpretations. And hmm. we're, we're not a high-pressure type agency. It's We want to make sure that the kid placed in the home is going to be safe and that the family that receives the kid is, is going to have an enjoyable experience. Hmm. How does someone find out more about becoming a foster parent? Um, they can visit our website, which is olivecrest.org. And uh, we have a number of regions. So we're here in the Pacific Northwest, and we have other regions in the California area. But if they uh, focus on going to the Pacific Northwest part of the website, they can find out information on our classes that we have. We do an event called Fostering 101, which is just an opportunity for potential families to come hear about what we do, ask a bunch of questions, and then take steps forward if if, uh, they feel so inclined, which we hope they do. Hmm. So there's sometimes a, a misunderstanding or a myth about the way foster fostering goes. Yeah. Um, that are really they keep a lot of people from moving forward, taking the next steps. So what are some of those myths, and how can you help demystify them? Yeah. Well, there's you know with in society today, just sensationalism on the news is is a, a mm. big deal, right? Yeah. So people get afraid. They think that they're going to get some. A kid that is dangerous or scary, and that's just really not the case. Most of the kids that come into foster care are uh, average age of about five or six years old. They're, hmm. they're just little guys. Right? That's the average yeah. age yeah. that you have? They're, Whoa. Yeah, they're just little guys coming in. And um, so we do have teenagers, obviously, and some infants, obviously. But the majority of kids that enter into foster care for the first time are, are just individuals that have found themselves in a, in a poor situation by no decision of their own yeah. and no responsibility yep. of their own. And some of the myths that prevent families from going in there is that uh, we're going to get this crazy trouble kid or we're going to have our hearts broken because kids are going to come in and out, in and out. They're going to be moving all over the place. Right. And, and those are just not accurate. How long typically is a child in care? Say a five-year-old comes in the house. What's the typical? It varies in average. Yeah. But one of the statistics that I'm really proud of for all of Crest is that when we place a child in their initial home, um, there's a 98, almost a 99% uh, rate of stabilizing in that home for the first year. We're not hmm. moving children multiple times gotcha. be- because we're matching kids up with, with families. We mm-hmm. take a lot of time in doing that. Hmm. So um, if the average age is, is about five or six, what's the average time span that they spend there? That, that varies. It depends on the circumstances of the family. And I'll just tell you from my experiences sure. when we were fostering in, in Texas, um, a lot of the kids that we took care of were very high needs behavioral issue kids mm-hmm. and we loved them and they gave us a lot of joy and a, a lot of interesting stories that I could share with you probably off radio but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for us it was an average of between 6 months and uh, 18 months hmm. okay so can you share some happy stories oh yeah some amazingly happy stories last year one of the kids that we fostered for almost almost two years, over a year and a half up to the two-year point, um, we found, or the caseworker found, a biolog- his biological father. This guy had no idea he had a child. Oh, wow. And yeah. this young man had no idea that his father existed. And so it was a really interesting moment where we had been taking care of this kid for almost a year, and I had the privilege, and it was a little bit, um, I don't know, a little scary and, and honoring at the same time to introduce them. Right. And so when they looked at each other for the first time, it was really 
interesting because this this grown man is looking at this this eleven year old boy, twelve year old boy, and realizing this kid looks like me. This is definitely my kid. Wow. And the twelve year old kid looking up at his his dad that he's just met for the first time in an airport during a layover is thinking, "This is my dad, and he looks like me." And and they just stared at each other. And so I had wow. to break the ice with some conversation. Hey, like, he likes hey, Legos. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, that's and, good. Um, wow. He was unified with his dad, um, and last year, uh, this young man invited my wife and I to attend his wedding. Oh, wow. Nice. And uh, so we were able to go to his wedding, and, you know, at a wedding, they have the the dance, you know, the first dance, the father-daughter dance, all those things, and and, um, this young man that we had in our home for quite a bit of time, just in the middle of the dance, walked over to my wife and said, it's your turn now. Oh, man. I want to... Let's do this and dance. And she just started crying. He started crying. You know? it was I would start crying. Experience. That's, that's yeah. awesome. He's now have a baby, and we get to see pictures on Facebook. It's wonderful. That's awesome. Can people help in ways other than foster parenting? Yeah, actually, um, for us, for my family, and for a lot of the families at Olive Crest, we couldn't do what we do or did without wraparound support. So mm-hmm. family members being educated and understanding how to help with respite or with families and donations of all sorts of sorts and kinds, whether it's uh, goods or financial donations. Mm-hmm. It, it costs us about um, about $2,500 on average to recruit, train, and uh, set forth a, a foster family. Mm-hmm. And so we look for donations in that manner, and we try to find different partners that want to Give a volunteer time or gift and kind things of that nature. Mm. There's many ways to help. Okay, so what would you say is the biggest area of need? The, the biggest area of need is to find out more information about foster care and what what they can do. Because whether you can do fostering, respite care, be a safe family, provide volunteer services, just just realizing that there's a crisis and this is our crisis as a community. Right. This this crisis feeds into the homelessness crisis as kids age out of foster care without being adopted. Fifty percent of them end up in homelessness within two years. So what is that age? 18 is when they age out. Yeah. So 50, five zero. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So now there's services for kids up to 24 years of age, but a lot of them, because they've not had balance, Mm -hmm. um, are, are just leaving and trying to find it, make it on their own. And so the education process is really important. And then the willingness to uh, open up their hearts, minds, and thoughts on how to, how to take care of this issue as a community. Mm. Wow. So why are foster kids more vulnerable to homelessness? Can you expand on that? Yeah. Well, you know, I was, this is really interesting. My kids, um, they're biological and, um, I, I look at them and they're very balanced. They, they do their homework because we make them and it's not a real struggle. With do them. they? Yeah, they do. Actually, they're, they're really good kids. That's you know, awesome. we're really blessed. It's <laughs> mostly because my wife is such an amazing person, but, um, then we look at the foster kids that have a lot of imbalance, and they're acting out not because they're rebellious or because they want to cause mischief or or trouble in the home. They're acting out because they don't have any structure. They don't understand what that right. is. And so being able to wrap around and, and talk with that child and help balance is an immense thing that we can overcome. However, if they don't find foster homes, remember we have a crisis, a lack of enough foster homes to put these kids into. So if they're being moved around, there's mm-hmm. there's not that ability to have stability and structure in it's their like life. It's like the number one thing, right? It's stability, just somebody there at a certain time. Absolutely. Breakfast the, is this yep. time, lunch yep. is this Yeah. Yep. And um, so when they grow up and age out of foster care without being adopted into a home, they haven't learned the things that other kids have hmm. learned. So I'm just curious, um, in a nutshell, what's the 
basic parameters to be a foster care provider? They're actually, Is, I, uh, I it sounds really simple, yeah. but it's, it's just uh, a safe person wanting to be uh, a, a safe family for a kid, really. Uh, we help you walk through that if your house needs some alterations. Like if you have a pool without a fence, that's a big yeah. deal, right? We right. want to keep right. kids safe. So yeah. we kind of go through that. We educate you. There, you have to go through about 20, 30 hours of classes to get some balance and understanding of what these kids need. And then uh, just the willingness to uh, ask questions mm-hmm. and have questions asked of you. Uh, so are there um, age restrictions? I to mean, be a foster uh, parent? Well, an example, my wife and I are empty nesters. I mean, you know, I will we're... sign you up for a class. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Diane, a no. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's really not um, an age restriction. I mean, you have to be an adult. And you have yeah, to be able right. to take care of yourself, right? right. Yeah. Uh, to be able to take care of a kid, you got to take care of yourself. And those are like the the biggest boulders to move. Yeah. The, the other things are, are are small. There's a number of agencies in Washington, and if you're not a great fit for Olive Crest, for whatever reason, like geographically, mm-hmm. um, we're not close to you to be able to provide the care, level of care that we would want. There are other agencies throughout hmm. the state that can So I was going to ask you that. Uh, there are other agencies. So what sets Olive Crest, what, what makes them different? Um, well, I'll, I'll just give like my personal bias to answer to yeah, that. please uh-huh. do. I think we provide a high level of care to our foster families. And um, when we place kids in homes, we, we do so very strategically and methodically. We want to make sure that that match is a match and we create stabilization right away. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not forcing families into taking kids that they don't want to take. We're not guilting anybody into that. We provide a, a really high level of care and show a great deal of concern to the families that we license. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there's probably hundreds of reasons but um, I look at this question, why are kids in foster care? Yeah. What, what, I mean, that's. You, you know, when, when my wife and I, I'll just personally answer, when my wife and I were involved in foster care, we were astonished at how many kids were in care. Hmm. We, were, we were working with a young agency in, in Dallas area, and they needed to rapidly um, place kids in homes. And so we were asked a lot. What about this kid? What about this kid? What about this kid? And we were just um, overwhelmed with the amount of children in care. And what we found in our personal experience was that parents of these kids didn't know how to parent because they had never been parented themselves. Right. Interesting, yeah. It's just a cycle of brokenness. So a Mm -hmm. number of the kids coming into care were coming from homes whose parents, who their parents were also in care at one time and, and didn't hmm. receive that adoption opportunity Whoa. or stabilization opportunity. So it was just a perpetual cycle of poverty and brokenness and child abuse. So you say that the approximate number is 9,000? Yeah, a little over 9,000. And how many of those are in care? Do you? All of them are in care. Oh, so there's 9,000 in care, but we, we don't know the number of people. So we only have around 5,000, I think around 5,500 foster families currently licensed in Washington, and um, that's just not enough. So a lot of times families are taking multiple kids, Mm -hmm. um, or when kids are adopted by a foster family, the the license closed. So Mm. let's say you and your wife, you go into foster care, you're empty nesters, you meet this amazing kid, it's a great match, and, and down the road you decide to adopt. And you you realize, like, we can't take other kids because this child, we, we want to spend some time Taking, and yeah. all of those types of things. We're not ready right, right. now. Yeah. Um, so house licenses close just through really good reasons. And yeah. so we need a, just a current uh, pipeline right? yeah, yeah. of foster families. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you. we got to wrap up here. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Uh, olivecrest.org is the easiest way. And yeah. there's a, a button on there that says contact. And if they just... 
uh, email us, let us know what they're interested in or how we can help. We can put them in the right, uh, put them in touch with the right person sure. at the right time. Yeah. Awesome. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. After the break, we have in studio Crystal Stevenson from Diamond Cut Insurance, who will be discussing why you need a local agent like Crystal and Diamond Cut Insurance. We'll be right back. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425 200 4093 or check out our website at the Eastside Real Estate Team.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Are you a local business that believes in having a local insurance agent? So many people are finding their insurance agency has recently sold out and are now having to contact a call center that is typically out of state, occasionally out of the country. At Diamond Cut Insurance, we are a local family-run agency who will not be selling out. We are not an 800 number, and we strongly believe in being a functioning member of the community in which we call home. We are here to be your local business insurance agency, and we want to get to know you and your business and write your insurance. We have access to hundreds of insurance companies and can write in any state. If we can't find you a better policy than what you currently have, then we will tell you. We want to make sure that you're insured correctly. And we have built our business on relationships, not closing sales. Diamond Cut Insurance, specializing in business insurance. To learn more about what we do and how we can help insure your business, you can go to our website at dcigi.com or call us at 425-361-2584. Again, that is dcigi.com. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our next guest is Crystal Stevenson from Diamond Cut Insurance. Crystal has been a local insurance agent for over 25 years now. Back in October 2016, she made the plunge and opened up Diamond Cut Insurance with her business partner and hasn't looked back. Her agency is local and independent and does all types of insurance. As a fourth-generation resident of Snohomish, Crystal stays busy traveling up and down 405 to counsel her many business owner clients. She loves living in the Pacific Northwest, and she takes pride in the fact that she helps to create jobs as an integral part of the community. Besides counseling people on their insurance needs, Crystal is a mom of two boys, and as of this year, a new puppy named Myla. Nothing claims her after a long, calms her after a long day, like working uh, out in her yard. And her flowers are the envy of the neighborhood. Huh. Crystal, tell us a bit about yourself, your hobbies. What yeah, are you what doing? kind of dog is this, by the way? Yeah, you gotta um, hear that. It is a golden doodle. Yeah, doodle, golden doodle. Yeah, and she is a doll. How old is she? A year, May. Does she help you uh, garden? She helps me do everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We This is a show like with dogs, everybody that, you know, so we everybody can talk about dog. your dog as much as you want. 
about your flowers? Well, I think my dog is the smartest, cutest dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took so yes, yeah, yesterday I took a walk around the backyard with one of my clients. We're going to be listing her house, and she walked through the yard and showed me every oh, yeah. plant and all that stuff. And and I'm not I'm not somebody who like loves loves the garden, but I can appreciate it. So tell me, why are your flowers the envy of the neighborhood? I am passionate about flowers. Okay. I love everything to do with flowers. Weren't you a um, florist? Florist, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. of course. Before that makes good insurance. sense. <laughs> so, all right. So your hobbies are uh, raising your kids, playing with your dogs, doing all that good stuff. So tell us about the home you grew up in, Snohomish, and uh, a fond memory. I have so many great memories. Um, I would say the one that comes to mind first is on snow days yeah. when schools would be closed, we would be the house that everybody would come to because we lived at the bottom of this amazing hill that now they've closed off. Oh, um, well, they closed off, so now you can go down it, right? Yeah. No, no, no. They used no. to close it off because it was such a steep hill. It oh. would go into the road. Oh. So, but back then, we didn't worry about that kind of thing. Yeah. So we would uh, get our sleds out and race to the bottom, and then when we would get cold, my mom would have hot chocolate waiting oh, for nice. us. We'd sit on the wood stove. We were only allowed to do that on winter days <laughs> and uh, and warm up and then go back out. And I just, it was, it again. yeah. Awesome. So what do you do when you're not, uh, besides the flowers, any other interests? Yeah. Have, um, uh, I love everything outdoors. I love to hike. Um, we live on a lake, so I love <clears throat> to play in the kayak or, nice. yeah, um, or just sit there and listen to the birds. Um, I We love to camp. We go to Deception Pass as a family every year, and Ooh, we're going to do awesome. that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Nice. And it is my favorite vacation. Do you kayak through the pass? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a race there? I am not part of that race. No, I know. <laughs> it's, it's like beat the beat the tide or something. I can't yeah. remember what it is, but they start, you know, when the tide's going out or ebbing or whatever the heck That's it crazy. is. And they fly down it. Yeah. Crazy. When I go through there, i got to go with the, the uh, current because yeah. the current goes faster than my boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of insurance uh, do you provide? What, what do you what do you do? We do all types of property, casualty, life insurance. Um, we do stay completely away from medical insurance. We leave mm. that to medical insurance specialists yeah, and don't stuff, yeah, yeah. don't get into that at all. But all types of property. Like casualty. our friend Angel. She's, she does that. Exactly. She's been on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So um, all different types. Is there anything... Uh, you do home and auto. You got that. But is there anything specifically that you find is your strength? Um, yeah. Well, we do um, We do home and auto. We've always done personal and commercial insurance, but we've recently, over the last year, really changed our focus to get out of the personal lines, home and auto, and really focus on business insurance hmm. for growth. Okay. So we do all types of business insurance and everything to do with business insurance. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've done a little bit of commercial real estate. It's not my really my cup of tea, but helping a friend out. And some of the insurance is really complicated to write. A lot of it is really yeah. complicated to write. So you really need somebody yeah. that knows what they're doing. I, I think some of the landlords are um, pretty daunting in the requirements. I don't know if you've run into that. Yeah. You know, and a lot of what we do is counseling rather than just writing policies. Hmm. A, a good majority of what we do is counseling on what they've gotten themselves into yeah, or right. how they need to cover themselves better. So give us an example of that. I mean, uh, tell us, uh, what does that mean, counseling? Well, um, a lot of time. well, just before we got here, um, I was talking to an electrician who said that he wasn't sure um, where his auto insurance was, and he wasn't even sure if it was the right auto insurance, and huh. he has this liability policy. Because he's driving a truck with 
Right. Equipment. And he, yeah. he, he just got insurance because he was supposed to have insurance. Well, mm. if you think about the risk yeah. you have, you really should make sure somebody looks at your coverage right. to make sure whatever your risk is. I mean, do you have employees? Are you covered for that? So, mm. I mean, there's just a lot of things that go into it. And so what often what we do is look at what their need is mm. and give recommendations. Okay. So um, with regards to connecting our listeners with real estate and in the insurance that you would write, give me some ideas. What type of, where does it intersect with real estate? So much of it. Um, well, we write, um, in, in trying to stay in the commercial focus, um, we write commercial policies for uh, landlord or for owners that own lots of different rentals. We can list oh, them okay. on a oh, business policy yeah. instead of just a whole bunch so of So investment personal. properties. Right. Gotcha. Um, so, so that's written on one big policy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So is that like an umbrella policy? Is that... um, no, an umbrella is a policy that covers over those. Gotcha. Okay. So, so this is specifically on the real estate. Yeah. Okay. Well, and something that, that would be really speaking to your listeners are, I know you guys are a personal real estate space. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody <clears throat> thinks that they can flip a house. Ah, yes. Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. so, and, and they might be able to, but in Washington state, you have to have licensed bonds contractor. insured. Yep, right. Yep. Yeah. Because you're on that hook yep. for anything that happens for seven years. L&I is really tight on that. And most people, I mean, that's the area I educate people that want to flip is. Well, know. it's amazing how many people call our office mm-hmm. and say that they've been doing it. Right. And didn't know that they were supposed mm-hmm. to be licensed, bonded, and insured. And you can't go backwards right. on your work. So, yeah, wow. yeah that's kind of a. a so risk that means for them. you can't insure any of the stuff they did already. Exactly. Wow. Mm. So if anybody's thinking about you know flipping properties, they need to talk to you first. They do. And get set up. We give a lot of counsel on that. That's awesome. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good to know. Um, so there's business insurance. What are the types of businesses that you insure? Well, we are a generous a generalist. Um, so we write everything. We don't, we don't specialize only in like restaurants or specialize only in apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't do that. We are, we, we started our agency, um, being the agent that can help other specialists. Uh-huh. So, um, we work really well with a lot of the state farm, all state because they write certain types and they need somebody to help them insulate the customers they already have from being taken away. Um, and then writing that other policy that they can't write. Uh, what kind of policy? The business policy? It just, yeah, it just yeah. really, really depends. So then if I think about, um, I've got an individual that is buying a, a property that's zoned commercial. It's a commercial property. Mm-hmm. Um, and property and casualty would not be the type of insurance buyer that they need. They need to talk to you. Um, well, what are they doing with? That? It would be like a showroom and an office space, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a business policy. Mm. Okay, so it because the, I always separate insurance in the the physical property, and then I also when I think of business insurance, I think of business liability, liability insurance. Right. So I'm kind of like putting the two together in this instance. Is so one they would insure the building as a commercial property. Yeah, there's a lot of mixed use buildings. Yep, and that's perfect for commercial. Okay, mm. so uh, what's what's some of your uh, most challenging? Um, clients that you've solved a great, great problem helping them? Uh, it's usually coverage. Um, we, 
it's really amazing how many times people get insurance um, and haven't had correct counsel, probably not intentionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're new to the business. Um, but I mean, we've had we've had a restaurant that when we took it over, um, we found that they had a gap in coverage because the liability form that their policy was written on was mm-hmm. a premises only. And hmm. so when they had their beer garden outside of their premises, that, that actually excludes coverage. There's no coverage for that. Oh, so for the beer garden or for the whole place? For anything, any of the exposure outside that 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 building. physical building. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, just every day there's a new story of where you find a gap in somebody's current coverage. So I always just say, you know, it's good, especially if you've had your insurance with the same place for a long time. Right have a fresh set of eyes on it. I mean, right. I really don't mind looking to see, you know, what kind of counsel you might mm. need. And, you know, we might not be able to help with the insurance, but, you know, some good mm. advice. It's better than that. Um, are there any businesses you can't insure? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah, we pretty much it, have a market. Uh, we, we write in every state. We write with hundreds of insurance companies. I've heard um, that uh, the marijuana vendors have had some problems with people not wanting to do business. Yeah, and we've got markets law. for that, too. Really? Wow. <laughs> that's funny. Well, and that's because you're an independent broker, right? Right. So that's different than, say, some of the bigger names out there. Well, there's captive and then there's independent. Like State Farm, that's captive. Okay. But we're an independent agency, so we write with several companies. We write with hmm. um, names you'd know like Progressive and Travelers and some of those, Liberty one of your clients has a claim, are you made aware of that? We always hope we're made aware of that yes. because sometimes um, sometimes you need to counsel them through it. What kind of claims do you see typically? What's your most common? Auto. Oh, Auto. Yeah. 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 That's why the rates yeah. are so high across the board. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what type of business insurance would you like to write more of? Um, well, we love... We love restaurants. We love contractors. Um, and one of the reasons we love contractors is they seem to need the most help. <laughs> and I mean that in, in a great way. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they don't want to. Because they're flying me. by the seat of their pants. They are. They they're just want to like, get back oh, on I the job. Get that. Let me get back to it. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. often you really find that, you know, you don't have tool coverage or you don't have some of these big coverages oh, wow. that you really need to have because they don't know. They just want, they want to get that paycheck. So they need their certificate of insurance and right. they don't really right. care outside of that. What would you like people to know about you and about Diamond Cut Insurance? Um, I guess what I would like you to know is that um, with so many independent agencies being sold out to big conglomerates, big mm. uh, investment firms, um, we're not going anywhere. We're not. We're not selling. We uh, we love being local and part of the community, and uh, um, we're. Uh, woman-owned business, mm-hmm. so um, we're proud of that. Um, yeah. Cool. Not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Be around. And I think it's really great to have the ability to have somebody that has a big, big-picture look, that counseling, um, the way of looking at, let's just let's just right. make sure you're covered. Caring for your customers. Yeah. Um, if somebody wanted to get a business quote, what's the best way to connect them with you? Well, you can always call any of our amazing agents. Um, we're at 425-361-2584. You can always go online at DCI, <clears throat> DCIGI.com. Um, if you or, Google Diamond Cut Insurance. 
I'm sure. Should come up. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Um, or you can, uh, you can you always... can just give us a call yeah. at the Eastside Real Estate We're team. We're pretty we'll easy to get a hold of. Crystal, awesome. thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan at 1150 KKNW. After the break, we have some more Real Talk and, of course, some great final thoughts. We'll be right back. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time home buyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at the Eastside Real Estate Team.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Are you a local business that believes in having a local insurance agent? So many people are finding their insurance agency has recently sold out and are now having to contact a call center that is typically out of state, occasionally out of the country. At Diamond Cut Insurance, we are a local family-run agency who will not be selling out. We are not an 800 number, and we strongly believe in being a functioning member of the community in which we call home. We are here to be your local business insurance agency, and we want to get to know you and your business and write your insurance. We have access to hundreds of insurance companies and can write in any state. If we can't find you a better policy than what you currently have, then we will tell you. We want to make sure that you're insured correctly. And we have built our business on relationships, not closing sales. Diamond Cut Insurance, specializing in business insurance. To learn more about what we do and how we can help insure your business, you can go to our website at dcigi.com or call us at 425-361-2584. Again, that is dcigi.com. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I'm Dan. I'm Brian. I kind of went backwards on that. Sorry about that. Here. Well, cool show today, huh? Yeah, very fun. I really enjoyed uh, hearing from Paul and Crystal as well. Just a lot of great information. And when I think about the community, right, and I think about the people that help build and make uh, the east side the, kind of the way it is, it's people like Paul and Crystal. Right. And my great final thought here, I had a little chat with Crystal during the break, something she wished she got in there was only work with a licensed contractor. Yeah. And one of the things you can do is if you jump on the Washington State uh, L&I website, yep. you can check a license right there. Everybody that's licensed for pretty much anything, I'll bet your license is there. I know mine is. Yeah. But contractors, check their license, check their bond, make sure that they're the real deal. I can tell you quite a few horror stories of people that have engaged um, unlicensed workers who have gotten, uh, not gotten what they bargained for, gotten taken for a ride. and Well, and Brian, you know, I, I recently had my remodeling done. You, you did. Know, and um, went through that experience, talked to, I mean, I didn't hire everybody I talked to, but I talked to a lot. 
But the interesting part is because our economy is so hot, uh, so many right. homes are being built, a lot of the skilled laborers are mm-hmm. out there in the community and they're working, you know, and they're getting paid. And then the ones that maybe have time and availability are maybe a little less skilled, right? Because a lot of the builders, a lot of the people, they're going to hire the yep. skilled first and then you're going tear down. So you really have to be you know, Good people are busy people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, why I'm so busy, right? Yeah, that's Brian? right. Me too. Crystal, <laughs> anything you want to add to that? About hiring a license, yeah? Uh, No, I just think it's really important because that is a lot of the claims that we see as well is not our customers, but sometimes, like let's say we have a building owner who finds out that whoever is renting their space uses a contractor. Well, everybody Ah. gets named in a lawsuit. Ah, that's right. Rule number one of... uh, Real estate litigation, the broker always gets sued. The <laughs> broker always gets sued. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's even to the point where Dan and I, in our process, um, in listing a home, we'll do a home inspection, a whole yep. house inspection, and recommend that the any structural items be repaired. And I have times when homeowners want to jump in and do the repair, and it's like, no, it's too easy to get painted with a flipper brush. Somebody makes a claim, you've got a lot of explaining so we always uh, bring in a licensed contractor. Licensed bond and contractor. Right. Also, when, when I write up... Man, we could actually do a show on this, like yeah. um, uh, buyer inspection contingencies. When I, whenever I request on behalf of my clients, I'm always, and this is Brian who taught me how to do this, is who, what, when, where, why, what, right. I mean, what if? so detailed. So, you know, the seller shall, prior to close with a licensed contractor, do X, Y, or Z. So right. we're always being very, very specific in our language so that it right. gets done. I've had people send <laughs> send stuff over uh, for the seller saying, um, we recommend, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, recommendation accepted. Yes, we accept that. Basically, the language is ambiguous, right? It says recommend repair or service furnace, and that's how they're requesting the service to be furnished. The furnace to, to be, be serviced. serviced. Hello, uh, so yeah. rather than being specific, they're doing that. Right. So it's kind of. A, you know, having a good contractor, having things spelled out specifically, yeah. boy, I mean, and then well, flipping a house, asking right. if you're buying a home that was flipped, do you, did they actually, were they a licensed bonded person? Right. And your agent should be able to help you find that know out. That. And then I think the other thing is doing the work in such a way that, I mean, when I'm representing a buyer, we're getting a reinspect. We're having the inspector come back and make sure the work was done right. Because mm-hmm. you'll be surprised how many times contractors will cut corners. Well, what do you got? Anything coming on the market? I have a I have a beautiful two story in Sammamish, three bedrooms, two and a half baths. Yep. Um, private lot, uh, seven fifty five. We've done our pre inspect. We brought in a licensed, bonded, insured contractor to yep. complete all repairs. Yep. We're moving ready. Moving ready. Seven fifty five. And, and uh, it's a great location. Close to downtown, well, downtown Sammamish. Yeah, right? <laughs> Lake Washington Schools. Lake Washington Schools, yep. yeah. It's got a lot Emory going Hill. for it. It's a, it's a good one. How now, about if you? you? If you want to live in the woods, right? If oh, you yeah. are moving to the Northwest or you just moved here and you're like, man, I want to live in the woods. Well, Redmond has the zip code 98053, and that is Union Hill, um, and that's the east side of Redmond. Kind of, mm-hmm. There's some other areas out there would be Ames Lake. Towards Ames Lake, right. right? So I listed a home over there. It's on an acre. And it's kind of like a treehouse. Like you look out the windows, you see nothing but uh, fir trees. And it's actually very sunny because actually some of the trees in the south kind of southeast have been cut back. And so there's a nice little deck out front. You get some sunshine because I know a lot of people living in the woods are kind of like, well, it's dark. But this one's got some clearing. But it definitely is a a home in the woods on an acre. Four bedrooms, three bathrooms, uh, 660. 
Wow. Very reasonably priced. That's so, great. Yeah, that's what we've got going on. So what's happening this week? What's okay, fun to do? so let's see. The Aloha-themed Seattle Night Market will be taking place this Saturday. It's hyper-local, globally inspired. We'll be celebrating Polynesian culture from around the world. Curbside at South Lake Union, August 17th from 4 p.m. Uh, 100 food trucks. Pop-ups and handmade inspired global destinations around the world. There will also be live entertainment and and a free 21 plus Moonlight Cinema series on Lake Union. So check that out. Great show this week. We want to thank all of our listeners. Thanks for subscribing to our podcast and listening to us talk about real estate and some great local charities and business. Brian. All right. Till next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.